We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky, still coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota, where we only have had to shovel snow three or four times in the last few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's only October, John. That's That's pretty rough. I'm just making that up to tease my friends up here up north. Actually, the weather's been really, really nice the last couple of weeks. Uh, But we will be back home here in just another week. So, Um, uh, And this is, what what is the name of this show? Wrestling with the Basics. And we are coming to you now on Wednesdays as well as Saturdays. And so I I thought, for the the new listeners maybe on Wednesdays, we'd share with you one of our our classic activities we do on Wrestling with the Basics. You may not be familiar with this, but we call it bad jokes. And and trust me, we've picked out the worst <laughs> for our <laughs> new introduction on Wednesday afternoons. I don't know, John. These are these are pretty much the standard uh, as far as the jokes go and rest of the basics. <laughs> That's true. They're not any worse than any others we've ever told. And I don't know, would you call these jokes or puns, Matt? What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're a little more on the, the punny side of things, uh, but they are yeah. definitely bad. I think that is yeah. safe to say. Well, you know what they call two-thirds of a pun, don't you, Matt? What's two-thirds of a pun? What's two-thirds of a pun, John? P-U, Matt. P-U. That's... <laughs> All right. Well, enough of, of, yeah. of building it up. <laughs> we might as well just do it. So I'll, I'll give you first choice, Matt. All right. Sure. Um, so here we uh, uh, here's one of them. Here we go. Uh, I've got a chicken-proof lawn. It's impeccable. <laughs> impeccable yeah impeccable see like well Double if you have to explain yeah. here maybe this will give them a, a, a better idea afraid of santa you may be claustrophobic yeah. claustrophobic okay <laughs> all right good good yeah. all right. Um, well, there's got to be it's got to get oh, here's a good one all right, I like okay. this one. Uh, well to be frank i'd have to change my name <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, because you're mad. How I know, you? yeah. I'm not frank. <laughs> well, since since they are puns, here's here's a very punny one. I'm pining for a good tree pun. I wish they were more poplar. <laughs> yeah, poplar. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. All right, Matt. One, one more. One more. Okay, here we <laughs> go. People turn off their radio. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I'm terrified of elevators, and I'm taking steps to avoid them. <laughs> And and here's my favorite. Double negatives are a no-no in English. <laughs> a no-no. And so, yep. so my wife out there, she's chuggling. She's a grammarian, you know, and she'll get a kick out of that. One there are no the double negatives. There are all, all no <laughs> double negatives in English. Um, oh. No-no. So if you're not familiar with wrestling the basics and you're listening on a Wednesday afternoon in particular, (laughs) this gives you a little bit of a flavor of what to expect. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's all uh, it, it only has to get better from here, doesn't it? That's Matt? right. It can only get better. That that's the bright side. Exactly. Can't get much worse, that's for sure. So just bear with us for the first five minutes and then we'll get on to something that's actually worth listening to. In fact, we've been doing a study that I found very interesting, and, and you don't hear a lot. You don't hear a lot on Christian radio, and that is Jeremiah. And you've been leading us through the book. Uh, in fact, last uh, week we had Jeremiah, we threw him in a cistern, and we left him there. How cruel could we be to leave the poor guy in the cistern? Uh, but we're back now a week later. Are we going to address this? Are we going to just leave him in the cistern? What's going on, Matt? Yeah, well, you bet we're going to address it, John. Yeah, we cannot leave our good friend Jeremiah in the cistern. Um, yeah, like you said, we've been looking at Jeremiah. Um, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously around here in Wrestling the Basics, but we take God's Word seriously, certainly. And Jeremiah is the longest book contained in God's Word, in the Holy Scriptures, uh, at least in terms of words. Uh, but like you said, it's a book that I don't think people are all that familiar with. Maybe we're a little intimidated by the, the sheer length of the book. But we want to become familiar with it. And I think that this account of the cistern is perhaps one of the most familiar ones in Jeremiah. So if, if folks know something about Jeremiah, it's likely they've heard about the cistern account before. So just to sort of recap briefly where we're at, uh, Jeremiah is thrown into a cistern. Uh, a cistern is, in Jeremiah's day, uh, something that was used to store water, a reservoir. We have cisterns today too, right? Even here in the United States. Yeah. Matt, I, I've been wanting to say this when we've been okay. working on this. We had a cistern in our neighbor's yard when I was a little boy, and that was the best place to go get a nice, good, cold drink of water. It was always cold. It was always tasty. But I understand that isn't the situation here for Jeremiah. No, no, it's just the opposite. No, it's, so it's the opposite of, yeah, your boyhood experience. This is, this is a bad cistern. Uh, this is a punishment. In fact, it's so bad because uh, of what's going on around the city of Jerusalem. And what's going on around the I'm city of Jerusalem? Glad you asked, John. The city <laughs> is under siege. Uh, the Babylonians, the world power at the time, are bearing down on the city. Food supplies have been cut off. Water is running low. Things are desperate. And then Jeremiah, in the midst of all this, is sharing a message that isn't so popular, especially among the leadership there in Jerusalem. Uh, King Zedekiah is on the throne at the time, and Jeremiah's message has been consistently, while they're under attack, surrender. <laughs> surrender or die. Uh, and that's not anything new. That's what he had been preaching to the people. He'd been warning them to, to come to the Lord in repentance, uh, to turn away from sin, uh, that the Lord would be disciplining them uh, because he loves them. But in large part, the message has fallen on deaf ears. And so finally, sort of this gang of four people with really hard to pronounce names uh, who are there in the <laughs> king's court take action and they throw Jeremiah in this cistern. And it, we're told that when he's thrown in, there's not a bunch of cool, clean water in the bottom, but it's just a muddy pit. The water has been exhausted. The and, cistern and, and I, is out of water. And I love the verse, and Jeremiah sank in the mud. <laughs> yeah, what a <laughs> As if things couldn't get worse that you're thrown in a cistern, but now you're sinking in the mud. Yeah, maybe it was a softer landing, you know, look on the bright side <laughs> well, of things. But, but to be, I, I kind of picture him waist deep in mud, oh, and, you know, man. and in darkness, too. Think about yeah. that. So cistern's about 15 feet deep, uh, a narrow opening on top. Uh, it's a lonely, dark place to be, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so this isn't good. 
Uh, and again, as, as we think about Jeremiah's circumstance there in that deep, dark cistern, uh, to make some connections to today, too, uh, for us as Christians, uh, sometimes we find ourselves in, in deep, dark places, too. Uh, sometimes uh, they're of our own making and our own sin, certainly, but other times it's the circumstances around us. I think of this time of pandemic, COVID-19, uh, unexpected, and yet here we are, sort of in a, a dark place right now. At least we might feel that way. And I think what we really want to get across today is the, the comforting message that the same God who rescues Jeremiah from the cistern and that darkness is the same one who rescues us, brings us out of the darknesses uh, that we experience in our lives too. And 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 I'd just like to add, because Matt and I actually had this discussion when we were first trying to record this program, and we had our own dark, dank experiences. The, the thing just didn't work. Um, but, but you know, it, probably Jeremiah knew something bad was going to happen. Uh, it is what happens when you preach that you should surrender. Uh, we were watching Foil's War. Have you ever watched Foil's War? I have not seen that. No, Jim. Um, it's it's set in Britain uh, during uh, World War II, and, and the hero, uh, the hero of that story, uh, uh, Foil, is accused of sedition because he was accused of saying that uh, we're, they were going to lose to Germany. Uh, we should surrender. Now, of course, he he didn't say that, but yeah, in, in World War II, if you said things like that, like what Jeremiah said, you would have been thrown into jail. In fact, you could have been hung uh, for making, because again, it, it, it undermines the morale of the people and it undermines the morale of, of your armed forces. Um, but as you mentioned to me, probably he didn't expect to be thrown into a cistern, certainly not filled with mud. Uh, so that's the same way with us. We should know. We should know we should have trials, Matt. Uh, Jesus Christ says, take up your cross and follow me. Trials shouldn't surprise us. Uh, but usually the trials that come do. Uh, I know there's lots of things I worry about, lots of things I'm frightened of, uh, and those things never happen. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that other problems don't come. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. What? So what do we do with that? What do we do when we're thrown in the dark, uh, dank places? Exactly. I think that's a nice parallel. Troubles are going to come, but the form of those troubles uh, we don't always know. Jeremiah didn't, specifically the cistern. And, and we don't always either. Yeah, so that's what we're going to look at today, John, is exactly that. What do we do? What does God do for us? Yeah. So uh, God rescues Jeremiah in a pretty unique way here. Uh, so let's let's look in Jeremiah 38, and let's uh, let's look at verses 7 through 9. Uh, we right. I think we looked at this guy briefly, but I think he's worth introducing again. Uh, Ebed-Melech, all right? That's not a name that rolls off the tongue, and it's not a name that we're probably all that familiar with. We, we uh, were going to name our son Ebed-Melech, and then we thought, you know, had second thoughts. <laughs> and he's so, probably thankful for it, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is not your typical Sunday school uh, account here with, with Ebed-Melech in it, at least. So let's, uh, verses 7 through 9, if you could read those. When Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, a eunuch who was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern, the king was sitting in the Benjamin gate. Ebed-Melech went from the king's house and said to the king, My lord the king, these men have done evil, and all that they did to Jeremiah the prophet by casting him into the cistern, and he will die there of hunger, for there is no bread left in the city. Yeah, so that's a pretty bold thing to do, uh, to, yeah. talk, to talk to the king, right? So Ebed-Melech, we know some things about him. He's, uh, he's a Cushite, so he's a Gentile. He's not a Jew, so he's an outsider because of that. 
Uh, he's this African from Ethiopia. Uh, and on top of that, he's also a eunuch. He's this emasculated slave. So he's, a, he's an outsider because of that, too. Uh, so in, in the eyes of Hebrew culture, at least, this guy's a nobody, right? Uh, but in yeah. the eyes of God, he's somebody. Uh, he's someone special. Uh, he's someone who appears, heard the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, and it appears uh, he believed. At least he has concern for the Lord's prophet when it seems like no one else does. He has concern for Jeremiah. And so he is bold enough uh, to go before the king to call out what was done to Jeremiah as being evil even. And he's concerned about his uh, welfare, Jeremiah's welfare. So I think it's pretty remarkable. Uh, this Ebed-Melech uh, has the boldness to go before the king and say that. So the, the king then, I think what's even more incredible maybe, uh, the king has a change of heart. We see that in verse 10, if you want to read that, John. Sure. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian. It's interesting how he keeps emphasizing this yeah. is not a faithful yeah. you know, uh, Jew. Yep. Uh, but anyway, the, the Ethiopian, uh, take 30 men with you from here and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the cistern before he dies. Yeah. So you kind of see, I think you see the king's sort of double-mindedness. He's kind of waffling between what to do. And, and he, he does give permission here to get Jeremiah out of the cistern to take 30 men with them even. Uh, why 30 people? I don't think it's going to take that many to get them out of the mud, as bad as the mud might be, uh, but uh, to make sure that uh, the rescue mission took place, that it wasn't interrupted, because again, Jeremiah is not a popular guy. Uh, his message is not popular. That message, even though it's from the Lord, not a popular one. Um, so 30 guys are allowed to go with Ebed Molik uh, to rescue him. I, I, I like that thought that he's going to need a bodyguard. Yeah. Even after they get him out of the cistern. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for the king to provide that, that's just incredible to have that, 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 that change of heart. You wonder, did the Lord work that in the king? You know, and, and we don't have all the details, but that's just interesting. Uh, then I, we get these details and how this rescue mission takes place. And I think we see uh, Ibn Melek's further faith here in, in action. Uh, and certainly his care for the prophet Jeremiah. So that's in verses 11 through 13. We get to some really neat details, I think, if you could read those. Okay. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went to the house of the king to a wardrobe in the storehouse and took from there old rags and worn out clothes, which he let down to Jeremiah and the cistern by ropes. Then Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, said to Jeremiah, put the rags and clothes between your armpits and the ropes. Jeremiah did so. Then they drew Jeremiah up with ropes and lifted him out of the cistern, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the guard. Yeah, that is interesting that we get all that detail. I know, I know. I, I think that's fascinating, and for that to be included in, in Scripture, I, I think that it just shows uh, Ebed Molech's care for someone who is speaking the Lord's word, the care for the prophet Jeremiah who speaks the word of the Lord. And you can almost picture him kind of rummaging through the linen closets or looking for some <laughs> rags, you know, anything he can, the softest things he can find maybe. And then in this act of kindness, he goes out of the way to throw those down into the cistern, even tells Jeremiah, put them uh, under your arms so you don't get hurt, you know, and, uh, and then lifts them out. So it's not just enough for him to simply save the life of Jeremiah, but he also wants to care for Jeremiah's body, especially his armpits, it seems, <laughs> as yeah. he pulls them out. But I think that's just a neat detail, and I think it's a uh, just a, a wonderful image and an example of how the Lord can work through this outsider, a nobody in the eyes of everyone else, to, to do something 
uh, pretty remarkable to save the life of his prophet, his spokesperson, uh, Jeremiah. Yeah. So, uh, again, we've seen Jeremiah. He's rescued. He's out of the cistern. He's in the court of the guard. Uh, thanks to Ebed Moloch and thanks to the Lord. Uh, I think, too, it was, before we look at parallels, perhaps with, with us, maybe it's more important to first look at parallels between Jeremiah and, and Jesus. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because so, you've been doing a good job of showing us that this story is actually pointing ahead to the things that Christ would do. Yeah, like so much of Scripture, right? Uh, that's what the Old Testament's doing. It's pointing us ahead to Jesus like, time and time again. So, John, I, do you see any, in the account so far, do you see any connections between between Jeremiah and Jesus with this account of the sister? Because I think on the surface, we we're like, well, not really. <laughs> it's some guy in a muddy cistern, and, and you got Jesus. What's what's the connection points? But I think there are a few. So, I don't know, does well, any jump out at you? I mean, the one thing, and maybe this is, is uh, stretching here, but, you know, I, I think I've always pictured how they had to lift Christ up on the cross. And sure. and now we've got them uh, lifting him out of the cistern. Of course, I mean, that's the difference. They're, they're delivering him, uh, uh, whereas uh, in Jesus' case, they're they're killing him by these actions. I don't know. What, what similarities do you see? I mean, other than that, the fact that he's he's given up his life for the sake of the word of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I think that's a big one, too. Um, both of them rejected uh, by many who who heard that word from them, who heard their preaching. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, unpopular message. People don't like to hear it. Most people rejected it. Same with Jesus. Uh, like you said, uh, most rejected his message, it seems, especially the Jewish religious leaders. They're certainly among those plotting his death and calling for his death. Uh, both of them were condemned to death uh, really unjustly, uh, at least in the eyes of God. They're they hadn't done anything deserving of death. Uh, both of them, I think, uh, to kind of pick up on on your your uh, inside of their bodies, uh, both their bodies were cared for. And the connection I made was uh, Jeremiah's body is cared for by Ebed Moloch. Uh, Jesus' body is cared for following his death by Joseph of Arimathea, uh, who take, takes great pain to take his body off the cross. And we get some of those details about his body, how it's wrapped and, and taken into the tomb and and really cared for in a special way. So I think we see some really kind of neat parallels between the two. Ooh, 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 teacher, yeah, yeah, teacher, Jenny, one? teacher. Yes, yes. Uh, yes um, it, it occurred to me that that Jesus is only recognized by a pagan, right? Oh, Everyone yeah. else has kind of given up on him. It's only the Roman centurion that recognizes that truly this was the son of God. And here again, the only one who really seems to recognize him as a prophet of God, that is Jeremiah, is this foreigner, this this uh, Ethiopian eunuch. Oh, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, this yeah, the centurion is the only one that recognizes who Jesus is. And he's certainly an outsider in the eyes of the Jews, right? He's the enemy even. He's, uh, he's a Roman. Uh and, and yet he's the one that's it's revealed to him that this truly is the son of God. I, I think as we find these parallels, though, we, we need to just point out, too, that uh, of the two, certainly Jesus is the greater, right? Jesus is yes. the greater yeah. prophet. Yeah. And In I, fact, I Jeremiah think, wouldn't argue that. Oh, no way. No, no, not at all. Um, so I, I think that some of the ways we see that, Jeremiah, he's condemned to die, no doubt about it. But Jesus, he actually does die. He's not only condemned yeah. to death, but he dies that death. Uh, Jeremiah, he's thrown into a cistern. Uh, Jesus, he's placed into uh, something even darker, into a tomb, into a grave with a stone rolled in front of it. Uh, Jeremiah, he's lifted up from the pit. 
um, and saved in that way. And ultimately, as we fast forward a little, uh, Jesus is is delivered from the grave, raised from the dead, uh, brought back to life. Um, so in those comparisons, yeah, Jesus is certainly the, the greater one. Too. Ooh, 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 teacher, yeah, Johnny, teacher, you know? teacher. <laughs> All right, we're going to roll. Well, it just occurred to me, though, yeah. that's the big difference, isn't it? Jeremiah is drawn out of the pit and he'll die again. Uh, he really wasn't delivered from death. He, he just was saved for a bit and, and then he'll die like all of us will die. But Jesus, on the other hand, when he was delivered from death, that was to never die again. And that, yes. of course, is our hope. Yes. That because of Jesus, someday we'll be resurrected and we'll never die again. No more yeah. pits for us. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, so I, I think, again, getting back to us uh, and thinking kind of uh, figuratively, perhaps, about this this deep, dark sister in this pit. Uh, again, what are we facing in our lives? And and for so many of us, it's coronavirus and, and COVID. And along with that, everything that comes with it, fears about infection and illness, uh, isolation and separation, um, maybe not being able to make the ends meet financially right now, uh, wondering about uh, when we'll be able to worship in our, our churches and, and how we can do that in a safe way. Um, all sorts of different things right now, and it might feel like things are pretty dark, that we're in a pit of our own. Uh, and I would just try to uh, bring some peace to, to our listeners and to me too, uh, in knowing that the same one who delivered Jeremiah from the pit, the same one who raised Jesus from the grave, is the same one who delivers us. Uh, delivers us from death, certainly, most importantly, but also delivers us in our own from our our deep, dark circumstances. Um, I, I, the, the Bible picks this up uh, in a number of other places too. I like Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who redeems your life from the, guess what, the pit, who mm. crowns your life with steadfast love and mercy. And that's not the only example. There's a bunch of them. Uh, the, the God who delivers our life from the pit. And, and, and Matt, could I, could I add another passage yeah, to do. that? Because I think sometimes maybe we feel like, well, maybe God won't do that for us because we are the outsider. We, we've sinned. We, we, we don't deserve this. I just read across this neat passage in Isaiah 56, verse 3, where it says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. Let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. So we shouldn't have been surprised that this uh, eunuch came to the rescue of Jeremiah because the Lord's word said very clearly, nope, that's exactly the kind of people I love and I care for and I will deliver. Uh, and we've got, as you just gave us one, we've got a whole host of words of God that assure us that he's going to deliver us as well. Yeah, I love that. No matter who we are, if God can deliver and, and wants to deliver a eunuch, an outsider like Ebed Molech, how much more, you know, any of us. And, and yeah. that, that connection point uh, in that verse you just shared, I, I think of Romans 6, where it talks about we're buried with Christ, right? In, in yes. baptism into oh, death. Yeah. Just, uh, and we're also raised uh, by the glory of God the Father. Um, connected to Jesus, he was rescued from the grave. Uh, so connected to him, guess what? We're rescued from our pits and, and most what? importantly rescued from our grave. And see what I like about that, Matt, is so when we go into the pit, don't think that separated you from Christ. 
if anything, that's the evidence that you are united with Christ. Because like you say, we're buried with him, but we'll also be raised with him. Yeah, he's in the pit there with you. He's, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I hope some good insights from today's uh, account from Jeremiah. And I, I just pray that the Lord gives us the trusting faith of Jeremiah, but also the, the righteous courage of Ebed Molech. Uh, but most importantly, that the Lord would give us the, the resurrection, peace, and presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that we're connected to. So, yeah, I, I hope our listeners have enjoyed listening to Jeremiah and uh, certainly a, a book of the Bible that uh, we can glean a lot out of, that suffering prophet, that weeping prophet, yet a prophet who uh, still proclaimed the word and who God still delivered, just as he delivers us. And we want to thank all of our listeners, whether it be on a Wednesday or Saturday, for joining us on Wrestling, Wrestling with the Base.